Hi, I'm Olivia McCollins, and this is Purdue, the official podcast for Purdue University. Our conversations and stories feature Boilermaker students, faculty and staff, and alumni taking small steps toward their giant leaps and inspiring others to do the same. In part one of this episode, I speak with Beth Holloway, the Assistant Dean for Diversity and Engagement for the College of Engineering, and the Leah H. Jameson, Director of Women in Engineering Program. Holloway shares how her father's advice led her to Purdue to become a mechanical engineer, and how she passionately champions women's contributions to engineering, inspiring current Purdue engineering students and those as young as five years old. In part two, I share the story of Muhara Mane, a Purdue alumnus who created a flight communication training app called Plain English. Plain English lets students use their phones to teach themselves crucial skills involved in communicating with their crew, other pilots, and air traffic controllers. It was a conversation with my father, and I'm a first-generation college student, and so my dad was an electrician, and he complained about engineers all the time. So he would come home from work and he would say, oh, those engineers, they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand how people use the things, whatever. Whether we were working on fixing a car that we had or changing the oil or my brother and I used to help him wire things, he would complain about the engineers. And so one day, I think I was 11 or 12, I said, Dad what is an engineer? You know, because he complained about mm-hmm. them all the time. I didn't, and I didn't understand. And that wasn't really part of the professions that I knew about. So dad, what is an engineer? And his answer is what really cemented my interest in engineering. And he said, I have no idea what they do, but I do know this. If you want to be part of what gets made, how it gets made, who it gets made for, you have to be an engineer. They don't listen to guys like me. But if you want to have a voice in the future, that's engineering. And, you know, to me, that was really inspiring because it was like, oh, this is how I could make a mark. This is how I could contribute to the world. This is how I could help This is how I could have all these ideas in my head. This is the avenue through which they could get out in the world and be part of what we know and what we have. And that was really interesting to me. Uh, And I think that's an artful way of explaining, or really not explaining what engineers do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It doesn't explain what engineers do at all. But But it does in a way. Yeah, I think it was a really, a really good way to describe the impact that engineers have more so than the, you know, what they have to know or what they need to study or the subjects that they have to be good at. It was really about this is the kind of impact that engineers have on society. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really resonated with me. I think it is a message that would resonate with a lot of young people more so than the, if you love math and science, you How should to. be an engineer. I mean, then no, not really. That's not terribly inspiring. But, you know, to talk about engineering as a vehicle through which your ideas can become reality as a way of being part of the new solutions 
of the problems that we have being part of new ways of making people's lives better. I mean, that's a really inspiring thing, I think, for many young people. Acting on her dad's encouragement, Holloway earned her mechanical engineering degree at Purdue, eventually making her way back to her alma mater after spending time in the industry. You know, I loved my job. It was very stimulating, the intellectual, you know, all the things that I got to work on. I got to work with some really awesome people. But at the same time that I was doing that job, I was also working on recruiting at Purdue, right? So recruiting students from my alma mater to come to my company. And there were a group of women, engineers, graduates from Purdue who got together and we self-organized and we talked about all the things that we were doing individually and we sort of created a committee that brought everything together, new energy, new resources, new people to really think about how could we be strategic, not just in getting engineers from Purdue to come to Cummins, but getting some women engineers from Purdue to come to Cummins. We set up a mentoring program for the interns that came down to work for us in the summer. I really enjoyed that part of the job too. Around that same time that I was doing all this recruiting thing, I also started managing people. So I did still my technical contributions Mm -hmm. and I had this people management piece and then I had this recruiting and mentoring kind of a piece. And I really, I hadn't found yet something that I didn't like to do, which is sort of unfortunate and a precursor to all the jobs that I have now. But what really happened and how I transitioned back to Purdue is because of this involvement in recruiting, I was connected with a section of the Purdue Society of Women Engineers or student organization, and they had an industrial advisory board. And so two times a year, they would have people from industry come up and they would tell us what they were working on and we would give them, you know, advice and Mm -hmm. feedback from an industry perspective. At one of those meetings, I found out that the director of the Women in Engineering program was retiring. And I just thought it sounded like a really cool job. As the director of the Women in Engineering program, Holloway brings her passion and drive for diversity and inclusion to work every day. She influences students at Purdue through networking events with industry leaders and alumni, and she also promotes engineering to K-12 students through outreach programs. Within the Women in Engineering program, our mission, if you will, is to enrich the profession of engineering with the full participation of women. And I really think about that from two perspectives. One, engineering is as we talked about a little bit earlier, it's a great career path for making change in the world, contributing to the world. And so having that be an accessible option for women is something I'm really passionate about. But I also believe that the profession of engineering won't be as effective as it could be without the full participation of everyone right? Mm. All diverse groups. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that diversity of thought, diversity of background, diversity of demographics, there's lots of different kinds mm-hmm. of diversity. All of those things lead to an expanded potential set of solutions. 
a lot of the things that we try to do, and I'll speak particularly about the Women in Engineering program, a lot of things that we try to do are about building a sense of community with each other. And to say through our mentoring programs, as an example, to know that your peers are just as important in that community process as someone who might be a little bit more senior to you. So that's huge, right? Another part of success is learning about networking and learning about the power of networking. And I know that a lot of people, when they hear that, particularly if they're a little more introverted, they're like, oh. Striking up a conversation with a stranger. Yes. I don't know (laughs) if I want to talk to somebody. I don't know. Right. But, you know, if you think about it as there are people who have information that might be helpful to you. And so talking to them would bring forth this information and that could be helpful to you. And then in turn, you have information that might be helpful to them. And so thinking maybe about it that way might make it a bit less intimidating. But we do try within the Women in Engineering program to talk through or to not really even to talk through it explicitly, but to provide opportunities for students to network. So you're impacting the lives of students who are currently here at Purdue. They already know they want to be involved in engineering Mm -hmm. and starting to reach students at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk about this initiative that your program it's doing with K-12 through students. We do have a suite of activities for students starting in kindergarten all the way through, I would say, 10th grade is really about outreach for us. And outreach is the process of sparking and nurturing an interest in STEM, but particularly engineering. 11th and 12th grade, we still set aside for recruiting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the literature is pretty clear, and we have found through our own experiences that if a student isn't interested in engineering by the time they're about a junior in high school, it probably is not going to happen. Hmm. So outreach to juniors and seniors in high school to get them, you know, start a spark. Are you interested in engineering? It's a little late. late. Mm-hmm. It's late. So kindergarten through 10th grade is outreach. And one of the things that we always do when we're thinking about programs, changing programs, starting programs, is what is the literature? What does the research say about what are best practices? What's most effective? What's not effective, right? So there's a lot of things that have gone into this over the years. Now, why do we start in kindergarten? We start in kindergarten because we don't want this word engineering to like be this new word that they learn in junior high, right? Mm-hmm. We want it to just be part of Everyday their lexicon, right? Mm-hmm. Their language. And we want them to understand what engineers do from the time they're real small so that it could be potentially part of a thought process as they're thinking through, these are the things I like, these are the things I don't like. And describe... I guess the moment when you see the light bulbs go off with kindergartners. You know, I think the best part of that is the excitement factor, right? When they're really excited about what they're working on. And so when we work with students of that age, kindergarten, first, second grade, we do a lot of things very deliberately. It's not just, you know, we pull some activity off the shelf when we go Mm -hmm. do it. We're very deliberate about who we put in front of the students. So we want 
current students Mm -hmm. to be there because we want these younger students. Like I could go and do these projects. Absolutely. But you know what? They don't relate to me. I'm like a mom. College students are still old to a kindergartner, but they are a lot younger. Mm -hmm. And a kindergartner can look at a college student and go, Mm -hmm. that's cool. I want to be like her when I grow up. And so we do have current students who help us with all of the things that we do in the outreach space. And then we train the current students on how to talk about engineering, right? So we say, you cannot say, if you love math and science, you should be an engineer. You Mm. cannot say when someone asks you why you're an engineer, you can't say, because I love math and science. And so someone told me if I love math and science, I should be an engineer. So I'm an engineer, right? You can't say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to talk about what you can do as an engineer. Like, why are you excited to become an engineer? Mm -hmm. It is not so that you can solve differential equations all day long. There are people who get excited about that, and they tend to be math majors, Mm -hmm. I think, or professors, (laughs) potentially. But if you're going to work as an engineer, you're probably not going to solve a differential equation. You'll program a computer. If you need to do that, you'll Mm -hmm. program a computer to do it. You won't solve it by hand. So it isn't that you're going to do a science experiment for the rest of your life or you're going to solve math problems for the rest of your life, right? What is it about engineering that made you, that makes you look forward to what you're going to do? And that's what we have our students talk Mm -hmm. about. And we also want to make sure that when we talk about engineering, we talk about it in ways where the impacts that the students, the kindergartners, right, first graders, can understand this is what engineers do. The thrill of flight captivated Muhara Mane as a high school exchange student from Albania when his host family took him to Cape Canaveral to see the planes and rockets. Today, as an alumnus of the Purdue School of Aeronautics and Astronautics, Manet is as fascinated with flight as ever. With two other Purdue alumni, he is using grants from the Air Force of more than $1 million to keep Air Force crews safer, with a user-friendly flight communication simulator app called Plane English. That's one word, and plane is spelled P-L-A-N-E. Manet, the co-founder and CEO of Plane English, says that when he and his colleagues went through conventional training to be pilots, they realized that learning to communicate in flight was a significant part of effective and safe piloting. Neither of us were aware when we first started flying that you actually have to talk on the radio when you fly as well. You know, we, we just realized that we were looking at, well, first of all, reading books and manuals about how you communicate on the radio, listening to things online about other pilots talking on the radio, and it just seemed a little silly that we weren't able to actually practice that on our own in a more more realistic way, especially given all the technology things and voice recognition tools that we see all around us. So that's when we thought, well, maybe if it's not out there, maybe we should try to put it together. And that's where the idea started. One of the key benefits of the app, Mane says, is its feedback. It gives pilot trainees the opportunity to learn flight communications on their own, outside the cockpit, right on their phones. But it also lets them know on the spot if they're getting it right. 
you have a way to actually practice the learning while while getting immediate feedback on, on how you're doing and the things that you're not doing right. So you're not just reading, oh, I'm supposed to say who I'm talking to, who I am, what do I want, and so forth. But now I can actually say that and see the things that I did incorrectly and try it again and try it again. And there are a lot of communication lessons to learn and practice. Mane says with plenty of practice comes confidence and calm. The goal of any user using the simulator is, first of all, to get exposed and learn aviation phraseology, learn the radio procedures for the various phases of flight and situations that they that they might encounter. And the objective is so after hours or a few hours of many hours of learning and practicing to be able to seamlessly communicate with air traffic control or clearly communicate with air traffic control. We find that being able to practice on your own and in this isolated type environment, it gives users confidence whenever they're interacting with air traffic control. So whenever we're interacting with somebody that's telling them what to do and it's expecting that you reply to them quickly and in the right way. So it, it reduces stresses while, while they're flying and they're more prepared and more effective in their flying. Professional and private pilots, as well as air traffic controllers, can benefit from the app as well, Mare says. The app includes flight experiences around high-traffic commercial airports like JFK in New York or O'Hare in Chicago, which gives pilots and air traffic controllers communication proficiency around those airports before they ever work or fly there. I mean, there are pilots out there that have learned how to fly and they haven't used, you know, our tool to do that. So this is a skill that you, you eventually gain, you know, like all pilots, you know, for the most part, you know, do a really good job at this. It's a, it, it's a matter of how painful do you want the journey to be? So you eventually get there, but if you can make that journey a little bit uh, less painful and, and a little bit quicker, then we think that there is benefit to that. Thanks to the Air Force grant, which was geared toward technology that would benefit civilians as well as the military, whether you're an aspiring pilot or just want to pretend to be one, you can download and enjoy the Plain English app on your Apple or Android device. Just be sure to spell Plain P-L-A-N-E. Thanks for listening to This is Purdue. For more information on this episode, visit our website at purdue.edu slash podcast. There you can route to your favorite podcast app, subscribe, and leave a review. As always, boiler up. <laughs>